0: From the depths of our hearts for this wonderful gathering together in Christ Jesus here in Chicago. We pray that you'll bless our efforts that we put forth to try to represent these these people. Seeing this cold, blizzardy night outside, and people have come from a long ways and gathered in here tonight to be healed, reading their letters through the daytime and hearing their pitiful cry for help stirs our hearts Father. I'm sure you see them when they write the letters, you see them when they arrive, the feeling it makes me have, and the answer back, everything that we can to try to help. Bless our efforts tonight, Father. May thy spirit be here, and may it approve of all that we do, while we ask his divine guidance upon everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, and the Lord bless you. I am doubly happy tonight to be here at the auditorium. I see we got some letters here. Somebody gave them to Billy Paul, and he always gives them to me, and we appreciate it. And then some here before I start tonight, I notice when kind of making dismissing prayer sometime that they lay these letters up for me to lay hands on them. I want to pray for them individually before we give them out to you. Anything that we can do to help you, what we're here for. It's a uh, try to help you to love our Lord Jesus with all your heart. I was just looking down at the recording artists down here, a whole pit full of them tonight, taking these recordings. <laughs> well, that's mighty fine. We um, we are, would like to just stay a long, long, long time if we could in Chicago. We're, just, we're kind of a little handicapped this time. We had to go back to the church. the auditory, This auditorium is pre-rented and we're kind of having it a little rough, but we, Brother Joseph and I was talking about it today, and he's making arrangements for another meeting right away. It seems he can get back from where we're starting now. We'll go to Hot Springs, Little Rock, and to Merritt um, Street, Fort Lubbock, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Los Angeles, Tacoma, Washington, and then from there to Calgary, Edmonton, Grand Prairie, Dawson Creek, and then perhaps to, to the conference in overseas. If we can get back in that time, of course, I guess everyone knows is to be a little fellow barn at our house pretty soon, and has to take place in the month of March or May rather, And we're, I want to be around home at that time. Now, as soon as that's over, God willing, I, I just got to go back overseas. I, there's something in my heart I just can't stay away from it. Every day I try to console myself to say. Look here, Billy Brown, you've you, you got to stay home, see? You've got But just something down in me says no, and I, and I, I can't help it. I just want to show you something, friends, if you understand. <clears throat> Chicago, we'll just take Chicago, just like this is all in the United States right here. And it is one of the best places. I have nothing against anywhere. They're all lovely. Everywhere I go, people love me, and that big welcome you had a while ago. I just make me feel down in my heart. My, I just wish I could just sit down with you and stay forever, <laughs> but I can't. We—I'm not a boy, and there's a lot of work to be done, and I can't do it all. But I got to do my part. See what I mean? And I'm going to say this now. If I'm wrong, God forgive me. But I'm saying it with all my heart, uh, America. Uh, nation, nationally speaking, isn't ready for a revival. They may have done past that day. Uh, I, I was just noticing, Brother Joseph this morning trying to talk to me Said, "Well, Brother Branham when you come back, we'll, he's there I don't say it's because this little Swedish brother of mine is sitting on the platform. No, sir. But I love him. Many of you know what I've been through to hold our fellowship. Not because of he and I, but the outside world. But Joseph Jose is my buddy, my brother in Christ. He's got to do something worse than what he's ever done to my opinion about him. I love him. And so I I appreciate him. And by him he just comes down, sets down at the house and drive all the way down there or fly on a plane or something there. And just brutal brand. <laughs> the little kiddies are get in the room get listening and talk that broken English, you know. <laughs> and it, I, we need you in Chicago. The people up there love you. I, I when you to go come give us another meeting, <laughs> and he just stays right with us, You, you can't turn him down. You just you might and well say, "All right, brother Joseph, go ahead. I, I'll be there," because he just he just stays right with it till you have to come almost. And so, um, and but I, I really like him. And we were sitting this morning talking. I said, "Brother Joseph," he said, "But brother Bam, realize," "Just think, last night." Twenty souls being saved, at least, and that's not the evangelistic count. There's anything to be more than that. Twenty people come to Christ. I said, I said, Brother Branham, that people have a revival and one comes at a night time, look how they brag about it. And here are twenty deep convicted conversions come booing and crying they, after they've seen the workings of the Lord. I said, Yes, Brother Joseph, God knows how I appreciate that. But see, right here where you've been, at one night, the services, and just swap that service right around and lay it down in South Africa, lay it over in India, lay it down in the islands, or down in South America, you know how many souls would have come? Around 5,000, maybe 20,000, 30,000, see, it's the same thing, just the same thing. Well, many of those places have never heard of Christ. A lot of these brethren that go in with these campaigns. They go to people who have some kind of conception of Christ, Christ like maybe Catholics or Lutherans or so forth, and they teach, but my, I preach out where they never hear of Christ. See, they've got to have some kind of conception of God, or the phenomenal. See, the gifts don't make any difference where they never heard of Christ, where they know nothing about the Bible. It knows just the same, you see, because it's God, and that just, it makes the people, it's the phenomenal side, and they say, my, my, what's he talking about? How do you know who I was, and what's wrong with me? where I come from, and uh, who's my people, and all these things. Well, where'd that come from, you see? Then, they see. Now, the brethren that just preaches the gospel, which is the initial and wonderful way of doing it, well, they can pick up these others, you see, like that. Then I'd love to come home and shake everybody's hand, spiritually speaking, <laughs> and then, uh, so I'd like to shake everybody's hand naturally, if I possibly could. But then in the meeting, and wonderful spirits, but I want to ask you something, The preaching has took place in America in the past 10 years will be enough to convert the whole world over and That's over, right. you know that. Right. Just look at the evangelists that swept across the nation. Look at Billy Graham and Jack Schuler and, and uh, Jackie Burst and all, all those others, and Oral Roberts, and um, uh, the many of the great evangelists that just crossed back and forth and through the nation and combed back and combed back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. And when he call a me, it looks like the crust is set. The Christians come now and then. we will pull one from here or there, you see. But it just looks like it's this kind of place where you can't break through the people somehow. They'll come for the first two or three nights. It's wonderful. They see the phenomenon of God. They hear evangelists, a good preacher, like old Robert, Billy Graham, or some of those brothers who can really preach. They rejoice at it for a few nights, but it's all over. And the phenomenal of the working, the Lord working, it looks at, it's wonderful, and then, they, well, it wears off in a day or two, you see. See, it just looks like the—there's just something over our beloved nation. I think our civilization has climbed to a place, God's saying back and forth, and God's getting the Christians together like that, but I believe it's the revival strikes, it will strike looks in the even land.
1: Right. I believe
0: it with all my right. heart. See, they don't know nothing about it, they don't know any of the documents in the theology now. People teach us this, that, and one said, now let me look. See what makes that is a skeptic. We'll put it in the paper. I'm not saying to you people, you're my brothers and sisters, but the outside world, Chicago pick up the paper. Strange things, phenomenals. these things taking place like that, ah. that's Dr. Jones said that in psychology, see. Well. My pastor said it was a devil, I had nothing to do with it. Others didn't even got time to look at it's all some religious quacks, see? Go on like that. That's the attitude. But you saw that same thing in one of those foreign papers, the whole nation turns to see what it's all about. See. There you are. That's the difference. See they hadn't been coming doctored up like we all are and things. And I called you here tonight to Elix. That you're lovely and wonderful and you've helped me. And do you realize that, <laughs> that trip the India where those thousands times thousands and thousands received the gospel. At one time, received Jesus Christ. People who were pagans and heathens, do you realize that you financed a big part of that meeting? You people sitting here tonight? You did. I come back to have meetings and do just I can get a hold of enough to get back over there and get to them poor little starving people hungry and nothing to eat and laying on the streets and in such a condition as that and this beg and in just one thing they see one outstanding thing of the lord mercy they get up all their wheelchairs walk away and right. throw down structures and you just go down on the floor and pick up the things where they got running like that like that they just pile them up in big piles and things like that and take them out of structures and things they don't need them anymore just something strikes them and they believe it and they just go right on see and that's the reason christian friends that i'm going around trying to see my friends and and not to take up money, that isn't it, it's to visit my friends. I perhaps, tonight, if I really was desperately in need, I could go to two three men sitting right here in this audience, and they'd send me all in there. That's that ain't the way I want to get it, see. I want just a nickel from this and a dime from that one, and fifty cents from the other, see, like right that, and then the whole group has something to do with it, and, and I have a little rest in the farm field, come back, start off again. You get what I
1: mean?
0: And I love you, and there's no secrets, there's nothing at all before me, anything that anybody wants to... Well, it's just all and above board. I tell the people everything that I have, every penny of money I get, everywhere it all goes to. And there's my records from Uncle Sam, there's my bank, and, and there's my family, my home. Suppose they get people giving to me, so there you are. I don't need money as long as people are me. I'd rather have friends and all the money. So that means that all the money belongs to me if I got a, the friends. You see, and the friends of Christ is my friends, and I am a friend to the friends of Christ. And so that's the way I get along in life. Wonderful! Wouldn't swap it for ten billion dollars. I'd rather have it. Oh, my. yes, sir. Yes, sir. And my expenses run heavy. I send out thousands of letters a week and there have to be a uh, play across ball, and buy. Our stamp money runs hundreds of dollars a week and we send them to foreign fields and the over the world and everything. Five in the office are working all the time. And you realize what that is. When I'm not out on the field, there you are, it's banking up and banking up. The banker told me, said, so that's all If right. You're, you're overdrawn, Just let it go. You'll take care of it. That's my life. <laughs> so so it makes things fine, then I just can live by faith, that's all. Just by faith, and it's the greatest thing I ever knew in my life, is living by the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing He loves me and blesses me. And taking of money, if I had to one hundredth of the money that's been offered me, not what I asked for, I never, but the money that's been offered me, I'd be a multi-millionaire. And, well, you know what? That gets me in trouble. I'd really just take day by day, day by day, just live for the Lord. What I have need of tomorrow, He'll provide tomorrow. That's right. And then, I, see, if you get, then you go to trusting in your riches. Then you go to, if you got education, you trust in it. If you got a lot of theology, you trust in that. I don't have theology, education, personality, money, or nothing. I just love the Lord and trust in Him right. for it. That's all I have. And, that's where I want to live. That's my choice of living that way. Now, God bless you. And we are such a lovely people here in Chicago. Now, seeing that maybe we have to have just a few nights down our auditorium here we someone that spoke far ahead of us, and that's just that's what they deserve. They, we don't want to compromise with it. But now, we want to, the next few nights of again instead of preaching, I just want to give a few little... Uh, exclamations of the word and then run the prayer line just as long as I can stand on the feet, see. Because I'm getting lots of letters, the people are here are saying, we, we can't stay much longer, Brother Graham. Now, we have no way of knowing about who's going to get prayed for in the night. How do I know how many out there will be healed tonight when well, I don't know a living soul as far as I know them? Can't see one person in the audience that I knowingly have ever seen before. I know some of these boys sitting here, uh, some of them from, well, from my church, and, uh, down in Jeffersonville, but I am friends, personal friends, And uh, but I don't know no one out there. Now, how do I know where that angel of the Lord going to hang tonight and show a vision over somebody that I know nothing about? Perhaps, Philly Paul, I, he come down this afternoon, tonight rather, to give out some cards, and I suppose he did. He probably got about a hundred cards. They're out there. only thing he can do is just mix them up together and give them to you. And he—he he don't know well, where the, the prayers go—the numbers are going to be called from. I don't either. I don't know whether we can call any or not, see? And, uh, and uh, don't make any difference whether you have a prayer card or not. The only thing I'm trying to do is just get you to believe the Lord Jesus Christ and you heal you. You don't have to have prayer cards. you notice, there's more healed out in the audience there is, comes to the but, I, but it says, limit my strength. Now, the other day I understand that someone who knew me real well, it said, as far as me getting weak, and that weakening me was just a faith, Well, God forgive the man who said it, see, because he didn't know what he was talking about. It, he doesn't know. And uh, it is not, my dear beloved friend. Physically speaking, I thank God for good health. Very strong. And I'm a hunter and live in the mountains and woods, and by the grace of God, pretty fair at it. <laughs> And so then um, I've rode horses and things all my life and been pretty well hard work all my life. And as far as physically speaking, all right. But just, I could stand here and preach to you all night, still preach, but let one of those things in heaven you can almost get ready to pack me out of the platform, see. And that's just that we can see why, I don't know. But the scripture says that it would do it, yeah. and it does do it. That's all I know. So, good Lord bless you now. Well, I'm going to read two places in the scripture here, just for a little farther talk, perhaps over 15 minutes, and call a prayer line so he won't keep you up too late at night. Now, one of them is about, uh, both places will be pertaining to the redemptive name, of Jehovah. And one of them is found in Genesis 22, 7 and And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father? And he said, Here am I, my son, here am I. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both together. And in the 14th verse, we read, And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. That is to say, To this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And then over in the Psalms, the 64th psalm, the first verse, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Now, from here, we want to, to... Make our quotation, and now I have written out on the envelope here that I carried the seven compound names of Jehovah. In other words, it was what Jehovah is is made up in these seven redemptive names of His. Now God, His attitude towards the people from Eden back to Eden is wrapped in these seven redemptive names. The first one being Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide a sacrifice. The second one is Jehovah Rapha, Lord the healer. Menezes our banner. Psalm our peace. Ra is shepherd, th- uh, th- uh, righteousness. And Shannon the Lord is present. Now, the Lord Shammah, S-H-A-M-M-A-H, Shammah is the one I'm going to speak on from from Psalm 64, and Jehovah Jireh is the first one, and this is the last one. Jehovah Jireh is the Lord will provide a sacrifice. Jehovah Shammah is... Jehovah is present. Now may the Lord add his blessings to these as we speak for just a few moments. Now, Jehovah Jireh, when God appeared to Abraham, the first name that he appeared to him in was found there in Genesis 22, where he appeared to him in the name of Jehovah Jireh. Now Abraham received the promise from God as to be the heir to him would come a son, and through the seed his seed would be heir to the world. And through Abraham's son, which was Isaac, through Isaac come Jesus, and Jesus brought in, issued in the Gentiles, and which forgive all nations. The white man, the brown man, the yellow man, the black man, all people that redeemed by showing that this is the last age, this is all. There won't be any more ages after this. This will be the last age that God will deal with people as mortals. And if they had a revival in the time before the Andalusian destruction, before the coming of Christ, they had a great stir, now what about the fulfilling of all of it What will take place? Look at the days of the apostles, which from the Gentile age was being issued in. Look what a revival they had. How from all over every nation they come and miraculous things taking place. Look at the days of Noah. Now this is the end time, right in the very shadow of the coming of the Lord Jesus. Some good news to announce to you. Leo, did you all bring up that the film, did you? I've got a film that reconverted me almost. And that will be shown here Sunday afternoon, is that right? Yes, so. they'll tell you when it's going to be shown. I want you to be sure to see it. And it's one of my own films. A man gave it to me, Brother Arvindyce, uh one of the representatives, the Christian businessman, And he gave me the film because I loved it so well, and I haven't got a projector to show it with. So I want to see it again myself, it's concerning the Jews, returning to Palestine, two scholars speaking on a plane, and you'll certainly enjoy the picture and to look at them. And every prophecy, everything that I know of, that I can see in the Scripture, has been fulfilled, already waiting for the coming of the Lord. And as I said last night, I believe that the coming of the Lord Jesus, second coming, it's past due, already past due. And like it was in the days of Noah, the long suffering, God waited, not willing any to perish, and He's just waiting, waiting now with His long suffering, the coming already past due, waiting to get the church in order so the second coming can take place. What about that, friend? What kind of people ought we to be to realize that this day may be the last day that we'll ever be mortal? Tomorrow we may be immortal. This is the only day we may ever have in our life, the last meeting we'll ever set together and work for the kingdom of God. How ought this meeting to be conducted in our time, with the very highest of reverence that all of our hearts will to the Lord Jesus to give us every soul that's here that isn't converted, to help do something that will cause the unbeliever in the lukewarm look on and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It would be a selfish thing. If a man's heart isn't out to save his brother, there's something wrong with his heart. No matter what condition, if his brother hates him, if his brother is against him, if his brother is trying everything he can to tear him down, yet that man's heart pulls for his brother. He can help it. There's something in there that just calls out, oh, my brother, you're wrong, but I I want you to be saved. And therefore, you try with everything that's in you to get your brother to believe with all of his heart and come into the kingdom of God. Now, that's the kind of a meeting we want to have every time. I preach to to hundreds of thousands, and I preach to just four or five people. But I wouldn't be any more sincere with 500,000 than I would be with five people, because one soul is valued to God as 10,000 worlds. Now, before redemption could ever come, there had to come the Lord Jesus. And before the Lord Jesus comes, God way back there—that just, that just makes the Bible so perfect to me—God back there even before the Lord Jesus came for 4,000 years and everything he done down through the Bible, typed it up to Calvary. Just think of that, that everything in the Old Testament pointed straight to Calvary. All the plans of redemption, all the names, all the symbols, all the worship. All the tabernacle, all the wood, all the, everything in the tabernacle, everything spoke of Christ. Wherever you go, whatever you do, that God was back there in those Hebrew prophets and so forth speaking and speaking to that time of perfection that when Jesus would come to perfect the believer. Just think of what that means, friends. Could you ever stop just a moment? I, I wish God would open our eyes tonight. See? We are, we are really, friends, I would desire, if I know that I could live longer and live at my regular time out, I would like to come under the anointing of God and never leave it till He takes me hey. home. See? To see how that works and the things that, what a different world it is. What a different inspiration. When you get under there, you find things that you, you just, it don't seem right. No wonder that you have, now while you're up there, you just, you can move mountains. Or when you're down here, you feel all right. It's coming between the two, is what makes it. That's why you're just like dropping off the earth. And you're coming from a supernatural realm down to a natural mortal man again. Well, you're immortal all the time, but your soul has been so anointed with something, it's lifted you way up above the things. Here you're in a dimension that the world knows nothing about. There's no is trying to explain it. And we, are will say tonight, as we are sitting here now, we are simply blinded to the things of God. I'd imagine if our eyes could come open tonight and look around over this audience here and would see stationed around here the angels of God standing looking down on this audience at this time. Maybe flying back and forth through the audience here, cherubims from the throne of God standing here. Maybe standing all around on the platform here, angelic beings standing here. Or oh, you say, Preacher, you're getting all off the line. No, I'm not. Oh, Watch right. and go to work in a few minutes and you'll find out where you are now. See? You, they verify it by the evidence that they're here. You say, well, if they were here, we could see them. Oh, no. You could be totally blind to them. Elijah, down there when he was a dolphin, he prayed God to open Gehazah or his servant's eyes. I don't remember how we had Gehazah, I I've called it two or three times and checked it up. I'm, we look at in the scripture. I don't know whether it was Gehazi or not. But when he asked God to open his eyes that he might see, all around him was angels. The mountains was on fire and angels are fire, terrified. See? They was right around him and noticed. Now Elijah went out there and smote those Syrians blind. Yeah. What kind of blind was it? They wasn't blind. It natural blind, physical blind. They were spiritual blind. For he walked out and told them, are you looking for Elijah? They said, yes, we're looking for him. He said, come here, I'll show you where he's at. Elijah, leads them. And brought him right down in ambush of the of, the, of Palestine armies there, and they just run out and caught him out in the trap like that. And they were blind. They didn't know that it was Elijah, and Elijah himself leading them. Don't you believe that we are or could be spiritually blind tonight to the things that surround us? Look at those to Emmaus. their hearts are full of love. Sure they love the Lord Jesus. They were going along the road saying, Oh, if we would have only Oh, if I if we could have just seen once more, there is He's dead. We hoped in him. Here it is a Sunday morning and they tell us all these fairy tales and go along the road and out the very Lord Jesus. So why are you troubled? Yeah. Said, are you a stranger?
1: <laughs>
0: See that? blind? Said, are you just but a stranger? And walk with him, eat with him, and slept with him for three years and six months. And walk him by his side and didn't know it. They walked along there and said, well, are you just a stranger here? I said, don't you know, we hope that Jesus of Nazareth would come and he would be the deliverer of Israel and all these things. And Jesus said, cool and slow at heart. You know what the prophet said? And he went back in the scripture, and it looked like after hearing him teach to them for three years and six months, they would have recognized him teaching. But they didn't. And they walked out him, so he acted like he just on when they went into the hotel to stay all night. They stopped in the little hotel, and uh, they'd go into the dining room to eat, so he said, he made it. he'd go on. He said, won't you come in with us? And he said, well, well, perhaps so. And walked in. Then the waiter come around and give them their menu, and they looked it over and they ordered their stuff for, for their supper. And when they set it out on the table, Jesus said, well, I guess this has gone on far enough. So <laughs> he just picked up the bread and blessed it and prayed, and he opened their eyes. Yeah. And they looked and said, here all the time? And he vanished out of his sight. See what I mean? Oh, I would just like for that to soak way down deep to where you'd really realize. Now you have seen nightly working moving. While he's here. Certainly is all the evidence has proved it. The scriptures said he would do these things. And here he is doing right here on the earth today, has been through the ages, moving right down among us, doing things that we wondered about. Right. Did you notice? Did you ever see something just come out, out of an accident, almost got killed, your you My, how was that? That's the hand of the Lord. See? He dodged me here and there. Here, some time ago a woman said to me, she said, she just been healed of a place, uh, she had TB first, and, and then she didn't, she was raised in a church that didn't believe in baptizing, and she said, I'll think it might. Uh, Franklin is all right or him, whichever they did for it. And said, so I think that would be all right. I said, I see you. And I said, but I'm uh, believing in immersion, baptizing. And he said, uh, she said, well, I don't think. And she said, I just thank the world of Brother Billy. He said, but I don't think that their idea had to go up in that pool of water and be baptized. I don't think that's ought to be done. But after I've already been frankled or whatever it was, I don't think it had to be done. So, all right, with me. She felt all right about it. I only tell her what I see in the scriptures. And she went down and got sick again. A big lump tied on her shoulder. She had a fever, 104. She just got her, her bathrobe on. He'd come on over while I was preaching. She said, Brother run him right now if you please. <laughs> and I baptized her right then. She was over the river about a month after that. There's an old woman sitting on the street. And she held out her hand. She said, kind lady, would you get me a... A dime for something to eat. Poor old thing sitting there shaking, her face all drawn in. Well, she looked in her pocketbook she only had a dime. That's what it cost to cross the river. So she didn't know how she'd get back unless like she walked the bridge. and There's ten cents on the bus and her little daughter's going walking along. She walked on down the street and the Holy Spirit said to her, said, Why didn't you give her that dime? I gave everything I had for you. She said, Yes, Lord. <laughs> Right, right. She went and said, Madam, forgive me. She said, I'm a Christian. Said, the Lord told me. He said, God bless you, honey. And she gave her the dime. and walked on down the street to her. I don't know I walked the bridge only a mile, so I was walking across That's all right. And just started to get out of where the bus station was. The little girl said, Look at that, mother. Early to die. <laughs> that's, that's the law. Don't you believe that? See? Now when he appeared to Abraham in the farm. He said, Now, Abraham, i give you this little boy, Isaac, just a sweet little chap of about 16 years old. Don't tell his mother, but I want you—I'm going to make you a great blessing out of this boy. I'm going to bless all nations. i promised you this for 25 years now, and you've waited till Isaac's born. Now, I'll tell you what I want you to do with Isaac. I want you to take him up there and kill him. I go to the home back in the mountains to a place where I'll show you, and then you kill him back there. Well, now, Abraham didn't question God. <laughs> He knew that God promised that through that boy he would bless all the nations. And if God was going to bless him, whether he was dead or alive, he'd do it, that's all. And it had to come through there, so God was able to keep his promise. So he got up the next morning, got a couple of servants, the saddle little mule, and him and the boy and the servants, they went on back. And way back, three days' journey. Think how far that was back. Way back in the wilderness. And then they looked up and saw a mountain way away from there. So he went to this mountain, and he told the servants, Now you watch the little mule here, or my boy and I are going up this mountain, and we're going to worship, and the boy and I will return. The boy and I will return. He's going up to kill him. How's he going to? He didn't know, but God had promised. Somehow, see, God lets the servants sometimes get right down to the last step." And God comes on the street. Don't you just love it like right that? Just to see that crucial moment, like the, in the Hebrew in the fiery furnace, the last step of the road, and there appeared one like unto the Son of God. Is that right? The woman with the bloody, she had spent all her money, all she had, and constantly the doctors could do her no good. She'd probably mortgage her place or sold it and sold the horses. And, the, everything. She had nothing left. She spent all of her money for the doctors, and the doctors had tried hard, but couldn't do her no good. And at that crucial moment, then Jesus come along, <laughs> just like in business. There was a little giraffe he believed in his heart secretly, and he had just sent to the doctor, and the doctor done all he could do, and, and just then his little girl had died, and they laid her out every the darkest time they ever seen, then Jesus come along, just in that crucial moment. Mary and Martha, after leaving the church in Lazarus, and they believed on Jesus, and Jesus walked away and left them in a crisis when the boy was sick. And then the boy got sick and Jesus left. That was horrible. They sent for him. He wouldn't come. He went farther. And they sent for him again. He still didn't come. And that was still worse. And then, after all hopes was gone then, Lazarus died, buried in the grave four days, already decaying. And the darkest hour, all hopes gone, everything else. Then Jesus came along just at that time. Yeah. Here his disciples going to Emmaus, all hoaxed on, their master was dead and everything, walking along the road, discouraged, going on back home, walking back, to their feet next and wherever they were going. Then Jesus came along, he just like that. That's the way God does it. Now way back, and now they just had maybe take probably 45 minutes or to an hour to walk up this hill. Now Jesus had to come somewhere right quick, because he had the knife on his side. Isaac had the wood on his back, his pipe and the fire in his hand, and he was going up the hill to kill his own son, because God told him to, and told him he'd bless all nations through that son. Making the promise, first he had to wait twenty-five years to get the son, and now turn around and kill him. See, making the promise double, God had to give Abraham the trial. We'll never know the trial that Abraham stood till so we meet him in glory. That's right. And then up the top of the hill... Then he got up there and laid the altar of the rock out, and he said, Father, he said here is the little Isaac, he said, here is the, the fire, here is the wood, and he said, where is the sacrifice? Why? He said, Son, God will provide for himself a sacrifice, And then he said, God will provide the sacrifice, so he tied little Isaac's hand, stood him up on the altar, pulled out the knife, and now imagine that old daddy with his only son, Loved him as well as did. Over 100 years old now. His hand laying across his, his hair as he pulled his little hair back to dish into his bosom this big knife, the very heart of his king, A sign that God was in Abraham. <laughs> did you notice that? Look at David when he's dethroned by his own people. He went up over the Mount of Olives, looking back and crying because he was rejecting his own that he loved. Adverence had run him off the throne. And then his own trusted man was throwing rocks at him. And he walked up the hill and looked back over Jerusalem and cried because he was rejected. Eight hundred years later, the son of David, Christ Jesus, rejected in the city of Jerusalem by the ones that he loved, wept over Jerusalem. It was Christ in David. All the old things in the Old Testament, we could just take hours of showing how it all drifted back to Jesus Christ. Everything to Him. And in Him lays the fullness of redemption. In Him lays every redemptive name of Jehovah lays right in Him. All salvation rests right in Him. All deliverance rests out right in Him. All peace, all satisfaction. You can never be satisfied with the world's goods. You can never be satisfied belonging to the church. You'll never be satisfied until you found satisfaction in Jesus' Christ. That's kind of the only way you never be satisfied. Now, he comes to bring perfection. Now, when he said, and look at Abraham just a moment longer, and as he started to throw the big knife into his son's heart to kill him, because God, uh, the angel of the Lord, spoke from above him and said, Abraham. Hold your hand, and he looked around, and there was a little ram caught by his horns in the vines on that hill. Where'd that ram come from? Now, the first thing, he was three days' journey from civilization, about a hundred miles. The next thing is way up on top of a mountain where there's no streams to give it water or food. Up on top of the hill, and here, impossibly. For a ram to be up there, first thing is too far back out of civilization. The next thing is on top of a mountain. And Abraham got the ram, untied his son, and tied the ram, and offered the ram as a sacrifice. And notice, it wasn't a vision. Blood poured from the ram. What was it? God, in a type, put Christ into existence in the ram of his life. And he went out of existence just at the same time. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. No matter when God took at his word, God is there to meet his word. Jehovah Jireh, just one more little thing. Now, the Lord is our refuge and strength a very present help in a time of trouble. And in the redemptive names, S-H-A-M-M-A, the Lord is present. Now, Jehovah Jireh will provide. Jehovah, the provider, is present. Do
1: nice.
0: yeah. you get what I mean? Yeah. If he is the Lord provided sacrifice, then he's got to be the Lord God present in a time of hell need. See what I mean? Yeah. Now, if he is here tonight to save everybody from sin, he's got to be present tonight to fulfill the rest of these redemptive names. He's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah um, Rapha, Jehovah our our provided sacrifice, our healer, our banner, our peace, our shepherd, our righteousness, and his presence. He's got to be all that right now. And the last thing, as the last one of his redemptive names that he appeared to Abraham, he said, I'm Jehovah that's what the provided one, to provide a sacrifice, provide the way, whatever it is, God will provide it. And I am Jehovah that healeth thee. I am thy righteousness. I am thy peace. I am thy shield. I am thy banner. And I am ever present to perform it. Amen. You see what I mean? Every present to perform it. Out of all I spoke it, out of all planted it. I'll water day and night, let some just work from my hand. Just a little story, personal. Or if I stayed here much longer, I'd be preaching, and uh, maybe the prayer line would be what it should be. Notice just a moment, this scripture meant a lot to me one time, many times. But this one particular time, I want to call your attention to it. It was the year that I was married. I'd lost my first wife, and I'd been single, then for about five years I married a lovely young woman that I had now, my wife. And we were poor, and I married her just at the time when I'd had enough money to take my vacation of about $20 to go up to the mountains to hunt and trip, so that was our vacation. Now, our honeymoon together. So she married her person that likes to hunt. I like the mountains. I like the outdoors. By the way, some lady sent me some artificial fishing bait that her husband made. If you're here, your Sister, I want to thank you for it. I'll certainly use it, God helping me. Now, I love the outdoors because it's a loan that I'm drinking in to give out when I come in. I went up in the Adirondacks, and I was supposed to hunt up there that year with the ranger. So, I love to, to bear hunt because it takes lots of skill to do it. And I, what makes it? My grandfather was, uh, to me, was the best hunter that ever lived in the Southlands. And he, he trapped and hunted all of his life. Smart school teacher and hardy Indian. And he, he loved the mountains so he couldn't stay away from it. So that's just what I think the whole thing poured out to me. And I, I like it. And I love the mountains, feel at home. And a, a fellow can get to a place where you feel self sufficient on things like that. So then up in the Adirondack, the ranger wasn't there, it wouldn't be up for two or three days. There wasn't been much storm to run the animals down. So I went up there and just built a little lean to and hiked my wife up the mountains, We drove out of the city, it was about 25 miles up on top of Hurricane Mountain, where a year or two before that i got three bear one year. And then I was uh, way up there with this woman, girl, twenty-two years old, and I was thirty. And so we was up there, and Billy Paul then was about six years old, I guess, about his first year in school. Well, the little fellow is very small for his age, and so she was taking care of him, and the ranger wasn't there. It looked it looked like it might come a storm. So. I said, honey, before the ranger comes and we're going to hunt bear, I'm going to sit down along for these old choppings a few years ago, they chopped out some timber in here. And I said, I'll, I'll go over here, and I'll get us a deer and come back, and we'll have some fresh venison. And uh, she said, well, don't be gone too long said I have your dinner ready. And I said, all right. And that night had been awful cold. We just had to put Billy right between us and hold him. I kept keep from freezing. She'd never been in the woods before and didn't know much about it. And she liked to froze sure enough, sleeping on pine needles. So he we went out. The next thing I tucked my little old rifle and walked down this way. Well, I thought I was too good a woodsman to ever get lost. So I'd been in the woods all my life, and I, you couldn't turn me around, I said. So I went down this way to those shoppings, turned back, seen a lot of deer tracks that looked like it was all sharp-toed and so forth being dozed. So I went on up over the mountain, up this way. I heard something moving in the bushes. I listened close, and I heard it had four feet moving, but it wasn't a hoof. It was a padded foot. I thought, wonder what that could be. It's pretty dark, right in a bunch of evergreens. I had to look, and uh, a line crossed the path like that. It's too quick I didn't get a shot at him. I thought, well, I'll just slip on up this way and come down along the other side, and I'll be in below Hurricane uh, Mountain all the time. And I said, then I can always look back to the tower, because it looked like it might come and saw him pretty soon. So I I went on and on and on this way. I thought I kept whipping a a bear somewhere. I kept smelling for him. I thought, he's near here somewhere. He's probably staying ahead of me. So I kept walking on like that and watching the grounds. And a person that ever hunted just don't walk through the woods with a gun on your shoulder, You watch the disturbance of the leaves and all these lots of things to watch. And so, and walking along close, not paying attention where I was going, to come up on a hill, turn down this way to the left. I thought, well, I'm just going to ride right down a little ravine here, a lot of jagged uh, places like that. And I got down and slipping along real easy. I thought that bear is not far from here, and I found a big old cave. I slipped up over this cave to keep from coming right up to it. Here's the bear was sleeping. So I come around this way, and there's the old empty cave. There was nothing in there. I thought, well, he's been there. So I slipped back down the hill and went around again. Come back. I seen some bushes across the canyon move. I watched real because a lot of the time bears anting, they love ants because it's sweet and they throw their paws on, pick them up on and let their fall. So I walked close the and there's a great big deer come out and I thought, Well my, I'm a long way from home, but that's just the one I want. So I was shooting the deer. I went around and thought, well, now, i tell you what I'll do. I'll sit right back. I said, at here. So it's actually 1 o'clock. I said, she'll, she'll be waiting for me. So I stuck up the canyon, this little water riffling like this, and I stuck right up the canyon just as hard as I could go. I had to look up, and I said, say, I'm going to have to hurry. That storm's getting in here close, and it gets down foggy, and then you can't see nothing. And I started walking, walking, walking. I said, now, let's see. i turned off wrong here somewhere. Kept looking, looking. First thing you know, I walked and walked and walked, and I thought, say, that's a long way, but I never asked him where I come out. The first thing you know, the fr- perspiring, and I, I took my old red handkerchief about and wiped the perspiration off and looked around. That hung my deer. I said, what did I do? I didn't turn around and come back. Well, I said, I missed my place, so I started off again. And I walked and walked and walked and walked and walked, watching on the right-hand side because I knew I turned from the right-hand side. I turned left, and I had to turn back right. But then the storm was down in the bushes then. So then I walked and walked and walked again, and the first thing you know, I got real tired. I thought, well, I'm watching close. I'll surely know just where i come off over that little knoll, because the mountain started off like this, and a saddle, and I crossed over that saddle, then down and up. Of course, you couldn't see the mountains then, uh, ahead, away from us, because it was too, too foggy. here. I could climb up on a high place and look around. But there was fog, and I couldn't get into it, and it was spitting snow and stuff. So I went a little farther around like this, and hadn't to stopped and and I was back to my deer again. Now the Indians call that the death march, the death walk, brother. You're on a knoll or a flat place, and you're walking in a circle. No compass, no nothing. I never took a compass, to Woods. I I just thought I was too good. I, I couldn't get lost. You see, God had to learn me some things. So, uh, uh, putting brains in my head to let me know that I wasn't self sufficient. I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Now, I kept walking around. I come back to this here. I did that three times, and I knew I was lost. Well, I, then it got shaky. It was then about 4.30 in the afternoon, nearly 5 o'clock. from getting dusky, almost dark. I thought, mercy. Now what will I do? My wife's all weary. She'll die as sure as the world when that baby goes in these mountains tonight. Now, if it was been myself, I, I'd have tried to find that bear again or got me a place somewhere and hibernated up for a day or two. That storm was over. See? Now, I want to use a little illustration here. For myself, I'd have went to that cave or under some rock somewhere and got me a fire and some wood down and never tried to find it because it was foggy, but I couldn't do that then. It was an emergency. And I knew that my wife, never in the woods in her life until the night before that, she wouldn't know how to to make a fire than nothing. And that little boy, they'd die sure as well because they'd probably go way in below zero that night. And they would be scared to death and they'd might try to prowl through the wilderness somewhere or go frantic hunting for me or something or screaming, and as hard to what would take place, and I know if something would let out a yelp up there, they both would faint, sure enough, and I know there's a lion right in that section there. So I said, oh, my. Then begin began to get real frantic. I got shaky and nervous. I said, wait a minute, William Branham. What's the matter with you? Have you gone crazy? And usually that's just exactly what happens. You get frantic, and you, they find you laying somewhere over a ditch or where you shot yourself or something like that, the hazards of the woods. And I said, here, you're too good or woodsman, You ain't lost. What's the matter with you?" And I said, I am rock. I thought, now you think you're lost, don't you? But you're not. I said, well, that fog don't mean nothing to me. Why, sure, I can go right on. Certainly. I said, now let's see the wind coming right in my face. If it's coming in my face, now I've got to turn back this way because the wind was in my face when it come up and I'll be going right for that. I thought, I saw right on up. I said, sure, I'm all right. Trying to bluff myself. See? Make myself believe that I wasn't lost. But I was lost. And, brother, that's the awfulest feeling that anyone ever had. If you're lost tonight, I sympathize with you. That's right. Being lost, not knowing where I was going, and an emergency on. If there ever was a time that there's an emergency on, brother, you better seek rest while you can. If you're lost. You better hunt for the beacon light tonight. There, I kept on walking. I come to some low place where it was sobby. I said, now, surely I couldn't. You couldn't see no peace, just the winds are blowing through the trees and what I'd done I got way down in the giants and I didn't know it. That section there called the Giants Virgin Forest, And I didn't know that. And I said, Oh, if I could only see Hurricane Mountain, I would know which way to go. I thought, Well, and that storm coming down, it's hard telling these mountains now that wind can twist and shift and come anyway now. So I couldn't depend on the wind and I know that. Now sit down on a rock again. I say, Now you're not lost. You know where you're at. Why stand still? You know where you're at. But all the hunting and woods-ability I had was gone, I'm telling you, I was actually completely lost. But I tried to make myself uh, uh, tuck up to it because I didn't want to get frantic, you know, because I knew my wife and baby would die that night in the woods if I didn't get to them. That's all. And I was miles away from them, and it was getting dark. That storm blowing. So I walked on a little too farther, and something said, Now, Billy, get next to yourself. Get next to yourself. You know you're lost. I said, no, not me. I'm not lost. I'm going just exactly right. I'd hit up against the hill. No, I'm not right. I'd go back this way. I said, well, I never see this before. Where'd this come from? I'd feel myself shaking. i perspiration run off of me. I said, now, there's no need of fooling yourself. You're lost. And there's only one thing to do. That's to admit you're lost. Well, I thought, I am lost. Now, what if, if it wasn't for my wife and baby... I'd go over here to one of these cliffs and find me a place, I'd like have to sometimes, and stay there to tomorrow, next day, or whenever the storm's down, then i will climb up to a high place, look around, see where I'm at, and go on out. But you couldn't do it then. The fog wasn't moving. Well, I started walking, and I said, Well, I've got to take some way. I don't know, east, north, west, or south. There's no signs of snow against the trees. You couldn't tell the sides of the bark or anything. There's moss on the trees and everything. It's flat anyhow. and moss is on both sides, and the flat. So now, my, now, what can I do? So I started walking around. I said, Now, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go right this way. I know this is the way i come. I've got to make one solid streak because I'm, I'm walking in a circle. So I started walking on and saying, Yes, sir, I believe, I believe that I'm, I'm going just exactly right. And I, I, I was saying that to my lips, but my heart was telling me no. So I kept hearing something whispering in my ear, The Lord is our refuge and strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. I thought, now I'm getting frantic. So I walked on. Something said, the Lord is our refuge and help, a very present help in a time of trouble. I just kept on walking on. It got louder. The Lord is our refuge and strength, and a very present help in a time of trouble. I kept moving on, dragging my gun along. I was so tired, Daniel. The Lord is our refuge and strength. That was Jehovah are talking to me. And I, I was moving on. I thought, oh, God, I'm lost. I'm lost, Lord. I, I have no compass. I have nothing. But I said, I still have you, Lord. I kept talking out loud. I thought, wait a minute now. You're going to get out of your head. You're going to get frantic. You're thinking about your wife dying tonight and that baby. I said, Lord, I'm not worthy to live, but don't let them die. And I heard that again saying, the Lord is our strength and refuge. A very pleasant help in time of trouble. I set my rifle down against the tree, pulled off my hat, laid it down, knelt down on top of my hat, and I looked up and I said, God, I'm lost. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm lost, Father, and you're my comfort. And I, for myself, for being big headed like I was and thought I it all about it, I, I'm not worthy to live. I should be lost. I should have to stay out here for days and eat porcupines to live. But think of my poor dear wife, she's innocent, and my baby will die tonight over there, the, the only child we have. And if I ever can spare their life for are pretty near wild this hour, here it is almost dark and I'm lost, Father, totally lost, won't you help me? See, the natural thing to do if you're sick. Just like the natural thing I would have done. The natural thing I would have done didn't get into a cave and build me a fire and wait till morning or till the storm is over. The natural thing you do when you're sick is go to the doctor and see what he can do for you. But I couldn't go into a the cave there was emergency on. And you can't go to the doctor because he's done said you're going to die. There's nothing can be done for you. There's emergency on. Then what is he? Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Shireh. The Lord will provide a sacrifice, and God is in our presence. He's the present one. And in need of help, he's here. Lord is our refuge and strength, a very present help. Or we might turn it this way, very present, always present to help in time of trouble. We might make it like, the Lord is our refuge and strength, always present to help in a time of trouble. And there we was. There you are tonight. The same thing. Somebody's very sick. The doctor's has given you up. Now, if the doctor, you can't go in the cave, emergency zone, then that's God that's speaking to you tonight. Then uh, your strength in the very present Helps now in time of trouble. I knelt down and prayed. I got up. I thought, well, now, I've prayed. I've asked you, God. That's all I can do. You promised me if I ask, I shall receive. You promised it. And it's for a worthy cause, not for me, but for someone else. And I, and I just like you say tonight, Lord, maybe I haven't lived as close as I should, but if you'll heal me tonight, I'll live for you the rest of my days. If I can't do no more than the past facts, if I can't do no more and testify, I'll do everything I can if you'll only make me well. He's our refuge and strength in our very present help when trouble is on. So I got up, that's all I could do. I said, Now Lord, I'm starting this away. I believe I went come this away. This is the best of my knowledge. My knowledge. I come this away, and I'm going straight through this way, believing that the voice that was speaking in my ear, which is gone now, is saying, The Lord is our strength and refuge, very present help in a time of trouble. I believe that it was you, God. And looking through these pines as the winds are tearing them and whispering them through there, I believe beyond that, somewhere, there's an angel of God following me through this forest. And there was. He was with me, yet it never manifested itself. That's years ago, about 15 years ago. And I was going along through there, walking like this, and I felt somebody go on my shoulder. I turned to look who it was, and just then, the fog cleared away up through that bushes, I, I was going straight into Canada the way I was going, my knowledge. And here was Hurricane Mountain right up here on, on the other side. Yeah, I was passing right by. I pointed myself directly like this. I raised up my hands. I said, "Oh, great God! You're supposed to me to you laid your hand on my shoulder. You are my strength and help, a very pleasant help in a time of trouble." I set my face. I said, "It's getting dark." I must keep my course. I mustn't vary, no matter what gets in my way. If I ever miss that now that summer I'd help the ranger put up a telephone wire to go to the tower back down to where the lean to was made. And from there we hunted. I thought if I could ever get to that telephone wire, I can find my way down then. But I'm set towards here came out. I can't twist around here because there's too many hills and ravines and this fog I never find it. I've got to go straight to that tower. So I started walking with my hands up praising God dark. I couldn't see any longer, and the wind blowing and twisting, God so going up over hills and down through rough places, no matter which way he leads, keep toward Calvary. Keep looking. He may get rough. He may slip and fall, but keep going to Calvary. Just keep moving. And I got up. I thought it ought to be about the highest. It's dark now. I put up my hands like this. I know the water was just about this high. I thought, oh, if I could only feel that water. If I can feel that water is my only hope right now. I can my arms get so tired, I couldn't hardly walk. I put this one up and rest this one, walking through those bushes and around these trees and that snow in your neck and everything. I am moving like this. I said, God, all oh, that's on this earth laying dear to me, as at the end of that water, if I can only find the water. And I was holding my hand like this, and I put this one down, never move a step, move back, be sure. It didn't. Oh, that's the way we want to go to Calvary. Don't lose an inch. I kept my hand up, moving like this. I said, God, surely you help me find it. I'm coming straight as I know right across this hill. This is the way you part of me. That's what you say to the word tonight. You said you was the healer. I've got my hands up. I'm coming straight. That's the only thing I know to do. It's up to you to take me to healing. It's only you to lead me to this sacrifice. And here I had my hands up. It was late. I was moving along. I was beginning to get just a little at heart saying, oh, have I crossed over. I went to a few low places. I thought, oh, I'm not going down the other side of the mountain. Surely I kept my hand up like this moving along through them bushes, not a ray of light, no word, the storm ripping and blowing and twisting it real cold, ice freezing and everything, is snow and rain mixed together fog, and I was moving like this hitting my hand. First thing you know, I caught something. I felt it. It was the wire. Oh, what a feeling! I, I knowed. When I held on to that wire, I thought, I'll go right down this hill, moving slowly. I'm moving slowly. I'll never take my hand off that wire, for at the end of this wire lays what I'm asking for, for my wife and babies laying at the end of this telephone wire. I'll not let my hand loose from it. I'll follow it right on through. Till I, and I did it, and arrived there to find it with a little fire built down there, and everything all right. Brother, tonight, Jesus Christ is the very present help in a time of trouble. If you're sick and the doctor's can you no more for you, raise up your hands. Look up to God until you touch that little live electric wall out yonder that says it's finished. No matter how many da- unbelievers and doubters and churches and everything else you have to bypass, hold on to it, or it's the one that leaves you to <laughs> you're delivered. God bless you. Keep your hands up. Keep moving tonight. Hold your hands till you catch the wire. Hold your hands of faith up till you feel something touchy that says it's finished. Then follow that. Follow that. It's finished. You've got his words that he'll lead you to victory. By faith you can be healed. Anybody that believes can be healed. Hold your hands up till you feel the faith of God pouring in you. Then follow that. The Lord is our strength and refuge. A very present help in a time of trouble. Shall we pray? Father, there is an emergency on tonight as the people. You're the Lord, our strength, and a very present help in the time of trouble. Oh God, may hands of faith lift up tonight, spiritually speaking, not just the natural arm, physical, just a few inches long. But Father, may that arm of faith go up that'll go beyond this old sin-cursed world, that line of faith that'll reach beyond the moon's powers until it touches his garment up yonder. And may there come a voice from heaven, saying, Come the Lord that healeth thee, to confirm my word. I am Jehovah Shammah, a very present health in a time of trouble. I'm here to help you. God grant tonight that we are not self-sufficient. We can't bluff our way through and say, oh, I'll just get better by and by. No, Lord. You're our refuge. We take to you. It's you we trust and you we believe. Now will you come, Lord. Throw out a little lifeline here tonight by doing something or another that would be so different to the people that maybe have never been in a meeting before. Do something like you did at Emmaus. Do something a little different from what the ordinary healing meeting is, or the ordinary service, so that they can see that the Lord Jesus, who raised from the dead, is here with us tonight to grant unto us the desire of our hearts according to his riches as he's died to purchase this far. We ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. I was a little longer than I expected to be talking to you. I just get to talking, and I just can't get away from it. Now, do you believe he's here? Sure, he's here. Now, what can he do tonight? Here's his word, here's his people, his presence, I feel to hear. Now, there's only one thing to do. The only thing that he can do now is get you to believe it. Is that right? Now, he's done his part. It's your time to believe. Now, we're going to call a prayer line here to pray for some people. You shouldn't have to do it. But it's customarily that we do it in our services. Now there's nothing that I could do towards healing. There's nothing that any person on the earth could do towards it. Not a thing. A doctor might set the bone. He might cut a growth away. He can't heal it. The only thing he can do is cut the growth away. Who's going to do the healing now? Okay. You might set your arm, but who's going to do the healing? Take God. Psalms 103, 3 said, I'm the Lord that heals all of that Jesus. All healing comes from God. No healing comes from no other resource but God. No man can heal. Never did, never will. Healing comes from God alone. God is life. Now I want to ask you something. You said never did come from anyone. Jesus never healed anybody. That's what he said. He said I can do nothing in myself. That the Son does nothing but what He sees the Father doing. That does the Son likewise. Think John five nineteen. Is that the scripture? Jesus said, the son does nothing, he can do nothing in himself. Just what he sees the father do. What did Jesus do then? He was possessed with power to see vision. He could see what was taking place. He told the woman at the well where her trouble was. He told Philip, where he, or Nathaniel rather, where he was at before he comes to the meeting. He said, told him different things by power of vision. The woman touched his garment, and ran out in the audience. and stand out there and Jesus turned and said, who touched me? What did he say there? I perceive that I have gotten weak. Is that right? Virtue, which is strength, has gone from me. He said, well, everybody touched you and said, yes, but I got weak, saying it in an English interpretation. I got weak. Something's happened. Virtue's gone from me. He looked around, perhaps saw a vision. I don't know. That's what he said he did. Looked around and seen a vision over a little woman. When he let my eyes once pierced that woman, she knows not just through the apostles age, or through Saint Francis Age, through Wesley's Age, I'll be with you to the end of the world. Amen. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, Damper, I believe it, friends. Now up for the newcomers. If our Heavenly Father, who I tried to speak about tonight, what he was, wrapped in his redemptive name, If he will come tonight in the form of his son, the Lord Jesus, and do what he said he would do, come here to the platform and take over humble people, not only me, those out in the audience, those humble people who will sit and say, Yes, my Lord, I believe with all my heart. Then the same Holy Spirit that was up on our Lord Jesus when he told us we'd be baptized with the same baptism he was, the same Holy Spirit will come up on his four unworthy servants and will turn me around nothing that I know about. And say, out in the audience you, Scott so-and-so. You, Scott so-and-so, you will be, you, are, you, you did this and you did that and, and, and you, uh, you, you'll you straighten this up if you'll do that or so forth. Or the people come on the platform, tell her, would you accept it and say, I believe it would be the Lord Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Would you do it if you would raise your hand and say, I will believe if the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. May the Lord bless you now. Billy, what card do you do? Be. See, we when well, we had prayer line two nights ago, we called from the first of them, then, didn't we? All right, let's take about the last of them, then. Let's begin with the prayer card, uh, say, what do we usually get? Around 20, 15 to 20? Well, let's call 15 of them, then. Say 85, 99. Five. Let's call from the 85. Let's see the Who has B85? Would you raise your hand? B85, raise your hand. 85 who has 86 all right 87 all right 88 b88 would you raise your hand ever who has b88 ever who has prayer card b88 would you raise your hand thank you is this it right here ladies 88 89 who has b prayer card 89 would you raise your hand wherever you are 89 thank you 90 Please call the prayer card 90. Have you, is it in the building? 90. All right, then 91. Who has 91? All right. 92, 93, on up to 100. Just come right on now and take your places. We'll so see how many that looks like. And then maybe we, if we can get that through in time, if I'm just not warned at that time, brethren will let me stay for some more. Depends on what our Lord Jesus does. Now, how many out there does not have a prayer card? But you want to be healed, raise your hand. God be with you, help you, and bless you is my prayer. Now, if you do not have prayer cards, now while they're lining them up, I want to pray for these here in this box. Thank you, Brother Joe. Shall we bow here just a moment? Kind, loving Father, in this box, is handkerchiefs going to the knee is sick and the afflicted. Mothers, fathers are waiting for them, brothers, sisters, little babies, sick and needy, blind, afflicted, crippled. Oh, how they are longing to have these pancakes returned to them. And we're so thankful, Father, that we have found grace in their eyes through you, that they believe if we had asked this, they'd get help. We're not worthy of that, Father. I'm not. I pray God that you'll not look at my unworthiness, but will look at those poor sick people that we're trying so hard to bring your Son Jesus to them. When well, these handshakes are placed upon their bodies of the sick, Father, in Jesus' name, thy son, may the sickness depart, drain it off, may they be liberated from these things and be made completely free. Now you watched the people when they wrote the letters. You're looking at them now. And you'll see them when they are returned. Now may the angel of God, whose presence is here now, stand with every one of them amen. And when they are laid upon them is six people. May they recover quickly. While we ask that in Jesus' name and for the glory of God. Amen. amen. I would ask you if you would be just as reverent as you possibly can. I trust that you do realize what this is all about would you just think now yeah, I am standing here just a man God knows and here's a line of people fifteen or twenty remember what lined up there I think it was fifteen maybe one or two of them missing but there they are and perhaps two few more here's such at least 1,500 people, I guess, close to it, sitting here before me. And there was at least a thousand hands of them went up, but they were needy. And your eyes spoke about Jesus Christ tonight, that he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, imagine standing here in an audience of this size, you're bound to have critics sitting around. You're bound to have people with a suspicious faith. You feel it. You can feel it when the Spirit goes to settling, you can feel it. But I'm so thankful it's sure way low-edge. Phase is predominating, has been, ever meeting within in here. And that's right. I wouldn't say there was a critic setting present. It may be someone just suspicious to say, Well, I, I'm just wondering. See, if that person only knew what a task that had and what an influence it had, well, then you say, No, I burdened. I burdened. Lord, help down my 100. Now, what if our Lord Jesus was standing here on a platform tonight and he was standing right where I'm standing, now what could he do? Now let's not, let's not look at it from the from our own thoughts, let's look at it from the Bible point. Our first thing he said, I can do nothing but except my father's children. And what did he what was he? He was Jehovah's Provided Sacrifice. Is that right? you believe he was Jehovah's Island? He was God's provided sacrifice. Then when he died, he died there. He was wounded for our transgressions, is that right? Bruised for our leprosy, That's of our peace upon point. with his stripes, what happened? We will be, we were already, we were healed. Will we be saved? We already were saved. See, you never got saved just two years ago, or 10 years ago, or 20 years ago. You got saved 1,900 years ago. You just accepted it two years ago or three years ago. Your healing's already complete. You just have to accept it. That's why he said, yes, I can't see Now, here's a lady sitting here for this patient. This lady there, I've never seen her in my life. Put yourself up here now as a Christian to face this woman. Put yourself up here as a Christian to face the audience. Then you better feel secure if the angel of God is standing there, right? Now, what if in that line stands critic that may be pressuring, pressuring to feeling? What if it is? Then perhaps they they'll be struck by your the platform with the disease that they're pretending to have. What if some critic stepping out there and the disease is passed away and then he goes out into the audience? That critical has a disease. Mm-hmm. How many knows that's true, how many have seen it so many hundreds of times in i meetings? Mean mm-hmm. sure. many of them in the insane institution and laying afflicted and everything. How about that guy there wanted to come in to hypnotize me that right now? He's still paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It's been nearly four years ago, and he's still laying paralyzed. He's hypnotized. we will go around these army camps and hypnotize people and things. Make them bark like dogs and so forth. But you can't play with God. Yes, sir. That's right. Just be ready. Be in prayer now. Just now, the Lord bless our. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, for the glory of God the Father, and for the representation of His Son. Jesus, I'm not with every spirit in here under my right. control for God's glory. Right. How do you do? How you just come up here if you will, baby. We're first tonight to be talking to, and it was um, it was making it pretty rough the first person. <laughs> so it um, that way. Why I sometimes it takes me a little bit of time before I. It starts to not,, I'm just a man, you, you're aware of that, I'm just a man, but he is the Lord. Now, if he was standing here and you had something that you needed or desired, now if it's anything that belongs into the Atonement, what belongs to the Atonement? Anything you have need of, see, for he fulfilled everything that we lost in, in Adam, he fulfilled it in his vicarious suffering at Calvary where he paid the full price. Now, everything, he said, whatsoever everything you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall have it. Now, if he was here and was talking to you, the only thing that he could do now tonight is you say, Well, maybe you say, I have need, I'm about to lose my home, and i am got to have some money for my home. Well, he'd tell you, Do you believe it? Yes. And he'd tell you, If you believe it, you'll get it. And if you say, Well, I have been so mistreated and my enemies are, are overwhelming me or something like that He'd say, forgive them and they'll come to you. See? But what if it was a disease or maybe something wrong in your life some immoral act or something? He'd know it. But if, if they said for healing he could tell you what was wrong with you but he couldn't heal you because he's already did that. you understand that? That's right. Well then if, he, if he's here and I believe he is then he'll surely answer in the same manner. woman you believe that, Christian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't be in any hurry. Just be reverent. The woman is really sick. For the dark shadow hangs between me and her. You're ready for an operation, aren't you? That's for tumors. It's under your arm. Serious. Only God can help you. That is the truth, isn't it? Can you believe now that He's sure to help you? Let's bow our heads. Father God. In the name of your son, the Lord Jesus, I lay my hand here for a knife at the wrist. If it failed to find the little place, the last of it, Satan would come up right back like a roaring lion. But you know, right where that is exposed, I get the platform. Almighty, oh, graceful God, spare the life of this woman, will you please, Father? She knows that she's standing here in the presence of something that knows her. It's you, God. Hear the prayer of your servant. It's been said in the Bible, the affectionate, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Just look at the men and women in here praying for her at this time. Oh, God, please, in Jesus' name, spare her life and let her live. And we'll praise thee for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Yes. Go ahead. Howdy do, lady. Now it's a little different. The lady <clears throat> there was to be first just in a few moments when she realized that it was where she'd been she was standing. You could tell the effect it had on her. You can realize it now, that it's not your brother, I'm just a man. I have never seen you in my life, perhaps you've never seen me. We're just strangers to each other. Isn't that right? If God will help me and will tell me what you're here for, if you're suffering or whatever it is, if he'll just reveal that to me. Will you accept him as your healer? That's all I could do with the divine gift. Will the rest of you out there say, I, this woman, this is our first meeting time, is it, ladies? That's true, isn't it? That is not thats true. We know nothing of each other. No contact. No nothing. We're just total strangers. And here we are meeting. Now look, <coughs> friends, can you, you understand what this, what I mean? Now, if something has to be here, some way I have to have of knowing about this woman. If anything is said, I can't do it. I'm just a man. That's just like a healthy woman. It may not even be a health for all I know. But, and again, it may be. I don't know. But if the Holy Spirit will come and just say to her, my heart healer if it's sickness, I couldn't do it. I have no power to do it. No one else does. It'll have to come from God. Now, you believe that this is his word, don't you? You believe that he raised from the dead, don't you? You believe that he said the things I did, so will you. He said, i would do nothing till the Father showed me. And the very things that he did would be Samuel and as far as if it's sickness, the healer. He couldn't. He's already. The only thing he could do would be just some way to get her to believe it. Is that right? How many know that to be true? Just some way to get her to accept what he has done for her. Well, then, if it would be for this woman, wouldn't it be for the rest of you out there also? Thanks. Just the same? That's all he wants you to do is believe. That's all I'm trying to get you to do is believe. preacher wants you to believe because he's preaching the word. I by this divine gift which was given privately by God at my birth all my life. It's been that way perfect every time. So don't you see, it's God trying to get you to believe. I hope you see my lovely children. Now ah, between me and the woman I see her moving in a kitchen or something. It's at a table. She can't eat. She's got stomach trouble. That is right. Now, isn't that right what he said? Now, if he's here enough, stranger, and know all know what was your trouble, isn't that enough to make you believe? Is that enough to make you all to believe? But now, see, now if I talk to the woman longer, he'd tell probably something about her young life or something like that. Just see, would you all, not to, if God will, see, if not, I can't say he would, but if he would, would it just doubly encourage you? If it would, just raise your hand. You say, just doubly encourage me. All right. Now, may God grant it. I can't say he will. I just want to talk to you. What was it that was wrong with you? What did he? A stomach trouble. Yes, man. A stomach trouble. Well, then, if he... Uh, healed your stomach of the disease in your stomach he is wonderful isn't he he's he's lovely and do you love him he's just wonderful isn't he He the lovely Lord Jesus and we're looking to him now when the woman at the well stood and talked to Jesus he carried the course he said bring me a drink She said well it's not customary it's Jewish and what are you different? Uh, Spanish? Spanish? Mexican? Not so And he said, uh, that's something like this then, isn't it? About the same way. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, lady, you got a brother that's sick. And he's uh, got some kind of spells or, some, or heart attacks. He holds his heart, and he falls. I seen. I thought it was epilepsy, but his heart fails. He falls with the attacks of his heart. You are talking to him, and you are persuading him. You are persuading him to be baptized, to become a full Christian. That is the truth. Father God, to the poor little weeping woman standing here, knowing. That the Lord Jesus, who we speak of, is present now. Our refuge, our strength, our present health in a time of trouble. God be merciful and grant to her the desire of her heart. Whatever those things were, Lord, it's not correct. Correct them, Father. As your humble servant and your spirit is on me now with anointing, I lay these hands upon her. And ask the Father God through Jesus Christ to grant to her the desire of her heart. Amen. Now, sister, you just have to receive what you've asked for, don't you? You see, you caught a hold of the line now, just follow it home. Amen. God bless you. Have faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. See something moving up and down like this over here. Just keeps moving. It's a call something. It's it's somebody married something. Or it's a it's a doctor. And he's examining a woman. And she it's this colored lady sitting right down here. She's suffering with low blood pressure. Sitting right down there. God bless you. Now you go home, be well. Follow that line. If you just stand together, it'll take you to living. Amen. Amen. You believe now? The Lord Jesus, the Son of God, His presence is here. The woman who's there. See, the only thing you have to have is believe. See, not me. I never seen a woman in my life. I don't know nothing about her. God knows that. But her face contacted with spirit. See? What did he do? Just the same as woman had a blood issue. Turned around in the audience She said, Thy faith can save thee. That's it. God bless you. Just have faith. Lord, bless you, lady. Lord, be merciful unto you is my sincere prayer. We are strangers each other, I suppose. We are. And do you believe that the Lord Jesus is just the way I was representing there in the Bible that he raised from the dead and a lovely Son of God? You believe it with all your heart. If the Lord Jesus will reveal to me What is your trouble? Then will you accept him as the healer of the trouble? If it is that for you to do it, you will. God bless you, mother. But you are a mother. You are. Now your life should not be here. I have contact with your spirit, your life. And you're here for me to pray for you. With a high blood pressure, you had high blood pressure. And you got something that I see him looking at your knees. It's, uh, the, uh, it's the water from under the kneecap is out. Yes. That's right. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Now, if he can reveal that, he can heal you, can't he? Sure, yes, ma'am. Certainly. Isn't he lovely? To help this poor woman, what's he trying to do? Make her believe, raise up her faith, be real reverent. Everyone please. Perhaps we talk just a moment, Mother. If you want me to talk to you a minute, all right, I'll talk to you. All right, now I want to ask you something, then. If you believe me to be his servant. Now, you believe that God can speak to me and tell me what you what, what, what want, what, what your other desire is. I see what it is right now. Esther, it's for a, a son or a grandson. It's a grandson. And the boy's real jittery. He's all upset. He, he's, a, he's been in a war. He was in Korea, and he got wounded, and he's come home. And he don't have any job, and he's all upset. That's the fruit. Yes. Go home. He's gonna get his work and he yes. believe on the Lord Jesus.
1: All you have
0: faith, you shall get what you ask for. If you don't have faith, you can't have nothing. For well, with faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, the ladies are strangers to me, is that right, we uh, Please be as reverent as you can. We'll close in a few minutes. I don't want to bore you with long meetings, but I'm trying to take my time on these people to see if they're built faith in the audience. Don't move around. Please don't. See? Here it's coming from one place, one place, like this, and here it's and moving. It just upsets you, Preacher. It it, it just makes me weaken that much quicker. Now, just a moment. Now, to you sister, we be strangers to each other. We don't know one another, never see each other in life. But do you believe that the Lord Jesus is here to help you? Um, you're here for somebody else mm-hmm. and they don't live here they're from uh, Duluth and then you have uh, you, you're, you're, this person has got arthritis and can't get up and there's something about a soldier he, he was a soldier that's what it was and he, he got hurt on a horse hurt himself well, that handkerchief that's in your hand while the Holy Spirit is on you, take that and lay it on you. Stop that. the Lord Jesus. You believe all things are possible? Amen. There's something about a soldier a few minutes ago, and there's a soldier there. And I thought it was a, a, that still in, uh, repeating back and that's the reason I, I watched to see where it was at, that it was uh, but it was different. A lady sitting there looking at me right there. You have arthritis, don't you lady? A lady setting a little round thing around her hat on the end of the row there. You want for Jesus to heal you at that? Do you believe he will? With all your heart? The lady sitting next to you has arthritis too. And your body with something that sticks up in your mouth. Ma- oh, it's gall. Yeah, isn't that right? Sure, that's right. Put your arms, your hands on one another there. You all lay your hands on each other. Lord Jesus, thou seest these things. And I pray that you'll heal her and make her completely whole, both of them, Father, for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. That lady's sitting right back there praying, I see a light coming over you, body. are bothered with a bladder trouble, lady. You believe? You're sitting in that little brown-looking dress on, looking at you right here. That's it. You have a bladder trouble, didn't you? I said, didn't you? You don't now. Mm-hmm. Way back behind you, another lady with a brown coat on, has a stomach trouble. She wants to be healed, too. You believe, lady, sitting right on back behind the gentleman there looking at me, right straight back here. Yes, with your hand up. Little green sweater i on No over here, sister. Right here. No. Stand up, lady. You right here. Oh, Sit on the end of the row there. That's right, with your hand up. There for the life of standing. Right there. Stand up and accept it right now while you have the chance to accept it. That's right. God bless you. Had all through your stomach. It's all gone now. Your face feels. God grant you will come closer, see like when you're far back. Little lady sitting right there, the I was pointing right across. I thought it was over her. I fished over her again. But I see something lady with her hand up. You put your hand up. Send it. Put that red-looking hat on. Yes. I thought it was a little lady sitting in front of me, but it's you. Oh, it's gallbladder trouble. That's what it is. Yes. I see it now where he's examined for gallbladder under the ribs where the pains are. That's right. Go ahead home now. Jesus Christ bless you, my sister. Do you believe that thou canst believe all things are possible? Little lady sitting right down in here is suffering with female trouble. Just have faith in God, lady. That's all you have to do. God will grant for you. That's right. You, yes. Stand up on your feet. Now you can go home and be well. God bless you. This lady here is suffering with female trouble too. That's where them demons is pulling back and forth. Yes, female trouble. That's right. See, that spirit is moving back and forth. There was somebody out there just saying with you with stomach trouble because you had stomach trouble too. That's right. You have an infection, they said in the female glands, the doctor told you. Infection. That's right. See how demons pull one another, how you can recognize them? Now. Here's the thing you need worse than all. You need Jesus as your Savior because you're not a Christian. You're an unbeliever. Not an unbeliever, but you're you're not a Christian. Will you now accept him, knowing that you're standing in his presence? You now accept him as Savior. God is this wandering child coming home tonight. This affliction laid here to bring her to the foot of the cross. And now, Lord. Forgiver of every sin, healer of the diseases of her body, that she might be made well. May this blessing come on her, Father, and all sins remitted now, all habits gone, and may she be made completely whole, as I bless her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. The sin forgiving you now, go rejoice and be happy in you. Believe with all your heart. Amen. Now be reverent, please. Sister, look here just a minute. You believe with all your heart. or well, your nervousness is gone now. You can go home. You feel quiet now, don't you? <laughs> You're healed. Jesus has made you well. Mother, would you like to get all that old diabetes so you can really live right again, feel good? Do you believe Jesus is going to heal you? If I lay my hands on him and ask, will you will you get him? Of course you see this eczema breaking out, but that, the main thing, the hidden thing is the diabetes. Lord Jesus strength the request of our sister. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I go believe in with all your heart and you forget what you asked for. Come, brother. You believe in The cross that you have hanging on you, the crucifix of the Lord Jesus, hangs exactly where your trouble is. Your stomach. I'll go eat what you want. To. You trouble of weakness, and you have diabetes also. you believe Jesus makes you well? God bless you then. Go, and may the Lord Jesus bless you. <clears throat> your trouble's in your throat, the asthmatic condition causing you to cough, can't lay down, have to set up a you believe he heals you? Almighty God grant the blessings to this girl in Jesus' name. Amen. You believe it's getting trouble and things less than you when you're sitting there shocked in the skin. Thank you, you Quit <laughs> taking an instrument and thank the Lord's made you well? Oh God bless you. <laughs> <on and> <laughs> hard trouble, nothing's hard for God, is it? You feel all kinds of diseases. God bless you this morning. Lord, rejoice. Be happy. You had the same thing. So just keep moving. God makes you well, and you will make every person well in this building right now. And you'll believe it. Will you believe it? Stand me your feet, just a minute. Please. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. The crisis is on. The battle is on. Raise up your hands and touch the light on now. And move home with it in
1: Jesus' mighty name. Mate.